This is Vicious Talk with Benny P. It's going to be our weekly NFL picks against the lines. Today's guest isn't the usual guest I have on for this uh, for this segment. Uh, I'm bringing on my brother Zach Perez. He's a worthy replacement to our usual Jake Kelly for our picks. Zach's doing well in his office pool in, in this um, in this picks against the lines. And um, Zach, how are you doing um, in your picks this year? Probably sitting at about seventy percent on the year. One five of the fourteen weeks that we've played it. Yeah. So Zach's Zach's, Zach's well. He's, he's he's good at this, and uh, he'll be a worthy replacement to uh, Jake, who I usually have on the podcast every week. Um, but yeah, I'll introduce uh, my guest Zach. I like uh, he Zach's already said a couple words, but uh, Zach, how you doing? Good. Um, yeah, we're visiting. My family is visiting Zach in his home in Phoenix um, this weekend, so um, it kind of worked out well that um, Jake is actually he's in law school right now. He's ha- he's got finals this week, so um, he's been busy all week. So our schedules haven't really been able to match up yet. But um, but we're, we're, we're Zach's excited to be here, and we're gonna do our picks against the Lions for the NFL's week fifteen. Um, but last week Jake and I both went nine and six in our picks, um, and Jake's at eighty four and seventy, and I'm at eighty nine and sixty five. So I have five games on him in our our uh, lunch pit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so let's uh, get into Saturday's games. Uh, we, this is uh, the first Saturday games of the season um, for the NFL. Uh, since there's no college games, the NFL is able to play on Saturday night. Um, we missed the Thursday night game, um, but it wasn't that great of football. Anyways, uh, the Colts game um, wasn't great. So we're going to get into Saturday's here. The Bears at the Lions in the 430 Eastern game. The Lions are favored at home um, by five against the Bears, but who are you taking, Zach? Uh, I like Chicago in this game. Um, this is a game, so when I talk about my picks, I when we do the pick them, we have to pick a winner either way. Um, but I might lean or like, and so when I say I like one, it's something that, at least when I'm looking at it, that's a game that I actually would bet. If I lean one way or another, it's more of maybe I have a favor. So this is a game that I actually like. Um, you know, last week Chicago looked really good against a banged up Cincinnati team, but they finally kind of aired it out with Trubisky and he was able to move the ball downfield. Um, Detroit's running game is banged up with Abdullah Hurt. And on the flip side, Chicago's running game with Howard and Cohen hasn't slowed down at all. Cohen looks like he's still running in September. That guy moves the ball really well. Um, you know, catching five points against two division opponents that actually what I, an interesting stat I saw in this game is these are two teams that don't run a lot of plays. Detroit is 23rd in the league in plays run and Chicago is 31st. So less plays kind of means less points, which means points are at a premium. So catching five here, um, I like it to be a close game, maybe decided by a field goal or so. Yeah. So I like Chicago in this one. That's a good point. Was, I mean, neither these, neither these two teams have offenses firing all cylinders right now. It's kind of this is one of the more lousier games of the week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Bears here as well. I like um, what I saw from Trubisky last week. I mean, the guy's a young rookie, obviously. He's going to go through so a lot of ups and downs. He's going to be consistent, but he played well last week. Um, and the Lions, um, they they even had Stafford in the game last week. And Stafford, he's coming off a hang, uh, somewhat of a hand injury. Um, he kind of suffered that on the, the Thanksgiving game. And, He's struggling a little bit right now, and the Lions team. I actually, I picked him last week, but I didn't actually include that. I mean, I picked the Bucks last week. I picked the Lions to lose, um, but I didn't include that in my in my rankings because I I didn't know whether or not Stafford was going to play. So Jake and I actually both had the Bucks, but we didn't. We were assuming that Stafford wasn't going to play. 
Um, but even even so, the Lions barely won, um, and it was kind of a lousy game. And they're, they're, if the Lions are able to sneak into the playoffs, I think they're 7-6 and six right now, tied with the Packers. Um, and the Packers are getting Aaron Rodgers back this week, and we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the Bears. I like Tariq Cohen. I, he's kind of at this point, I've said this previously on a different podcast, that Cohen's like one of those punt returners that you're crazy to kick it to him. Like he's he's almost on he's on a on a, a, a poor man's Devin Hester status at this point. <laughs> I mean the guy that he had that what return back a couple weeks ago that was incredible. Um, and so I mean I think the Bears are a, a fun crappy team this year. They're one of those teams that like <laughs> they, they're they're not they don't really have too much to be excited about, but they ha- they're exciting to watch. So. Um, I'm taking the Bears here as well with the five points, like you said. Well, an interesting trend with these two teams. So the Bears' defense has actually been a little bit better than maybe expectations were heading in. The trend has been that they have been much better on the road than at home. They've been performing better on the road. And on the flip side, the Lions' defense has been much worse at home than on the road. So this kind of being in Detroit fits that trend really well. Yeah. So another reason why I'm kind of on Chicago for this one. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. 8.30 p.m. game um, on the Eastern Coast um, on Saturday. The Chargers at the Chiefs. This line I've seen actually move a little bit. Um, and I think the Chiefs were favored initially, but it's looking like it's a minus one to the Chargers now. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just a dumb line because this is like a playoff game basically at this point. These two teams, they're battling this for the same playoff spot. And playoff games are almost always three in, three point spreads. You never you rarely see these one point spreads, and so this is basically a pick 'em. Um, and I'm taking the Chiefs here. Um, and I, this is a tough one. I like the Chargers. I like their roster. I think they're one of the scariest teams if they get into the playoffs. Um, but I think that the Chiefs' offense has actually kind of turned a corner in recent games. Andy Andy Reid turned um, the play call the play calling over to um, his offensive coordinator and. Um, they've been able to score points in the most re- in the most recent weeks, um, and I like the home game here for the Chiefs. I don't think they're giving them enough points. Um, Vegas is um, in the spread with um, just the one point towards the Chargers, um, and I think that they're that the Chiefs should be favored in this game, and they could be one of those teams that sneaks into the playoffs and then goes on a little bit of a run. Um, because I think that they could just kind of be one of those sneaky like muck teams that just kind of throws a throws a little bit of a, a twist into um, these playoff teams' hopes. Um, so I'm taking the Chiefs here, uh, although I, I think the Chargers are a formidable opponent. Opponent, who are you taking? I, I'm with you on the Chiefs. This is actually my best bet of the week. Um, the Chiefs, like you said, have been playing much better since their offensive coordinator has taken over. Their defense has played better the last three games, too. That's something that has struggled a lot. Um, we were talking earlier, yards per, per play is something that the one of the stats that a lot of the betters like to make when they're looking at these teams. Um, and their defense has been averaging about 4.9 yards per play over the last three games. About 5.1, 5.2 is the average. So they've been playing a little bit better than average defense, which is an improvement over how they had been playing. Um but I think one thing, too, that you take advantage, home field advantage is usually worth three points. So by exactly. Chargers being favored one, um, they're really saying that they think the Chargers are four points better than Kansas City, which I don't agree with here. I think you're getting value out of Kansas City. On top of that, Arrowhead Stadium 
is one of the better home field advantages yeah, in the one NFL. Of the few, one of the few that one of the few teams that actually still has a home field advantage. There's only a, I've talked about this on a podcast too with Jake. There's there's a f- only a few teams that actually have a home field advantage still. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arrowhead's one of the biggest ones, yeah. and so that one's probably worth four. I mean, you're coming into a huge Saturday night game against a divisional opponent that basically is going to have the the highest odds to help either one of the winners win this division. So the the crowd's going to be up. I think the defense responds. That's going to be a bigger home field advantage. Um, and, you know, the Chargers have been playing really well, but I also think the Chargers have been a benefit of a very favorable schedule. They got, you know, they got Dallas at their worst point exactly. in injuries. It was right after Zeke's suspension. Um, they had Washington last week who significantly banged up. They had the Raiders with Carr out, didn't they? Um, they? I don't think they got Oakland without Carr, but they did get... Um, Peterman with Buffalo. KC faced Buffalo the very next week after that. When Tyrod came back, the team was rallied around Tyrod. They were playing for a a playoff spot, basically. And so the Chargers have had some blowout wins lately in good situations. But historically, this has been a team that's really struggled in close games. And they haven't had a chance to get challenged. Um, A game that comes to mind is the first week of the season against Denver where they had some poor clock management, a missed field goal, and they lost that game. Historically, the Chargers have been known to lose close games. This should be a close game. I think that will come into play more. And I I really like Kansas City in this spot catching a point at home. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, let's go on to the Sunday matchups. There's only two on Saturday. Um, The first wave of games, the 1 p.m. Eastern starts. Um, Let's look at the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are conceding three and a half points to the Dolphins here on this line. Um, and a, a little bit of an AFC divisional matchup here. Who are you taking here, Zach? I'm leaning Buffalo. Um, there was some debate about whether Tyrod was going to play or not. It looks like Tyrod is available for the game, which is the, now them catching three and a half at home. Um, you know, Jay Cutler is coming off probably a, a career victory last week looking as good as he's ever looked against New England. It was the first time for him beating the Patriots. Um, But if we know anything about Jay Cutler's career, that guy is (laughs) never consistent. And, you know, he's going from great conditions in sunny Miami, traveling up to Buffalo, and I don't expect him to throw the ball the same way in wintry conditions. It's supposed to snow this weekend in Buffalo. Um, the forecast right now says that it'll be clear on game day, but that, it's going to be in the 30s. That game last week was insane. In that That's blizzard, insane. yeah. And if it does turn into a blizzard game or those field conditions come into play, I expect it to be a run game. And if it's a run game, Sean my advantage McCoy. goes to Buffalo. Exactly. Tyrod can run, even if he's banged up a little bit. Um, he's a lot more mobile than Cutler is. You have LaShawn McCoy. And something else that Tyrod is very good about is winning the turnover battle. He's not very sexy as a quarterback. He averages less than 200 yards per throwing per game, which in the passing league is very bad. But he doesn't turn the ball over. Buffalo tends to win the turnover battle. A close game like this where field conditions might be in the play, I like the team that's going to win the turnover battle, which I feel Buffalo has a yeah. good chance of winning if Cutler throws the ball. Yeah. So I, I lean Buffalo in this game at home. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking the Bills here. Um, like you said, the Bills don't turn the ball over that much. They're one of the teams that one of the fewest team um, turnovers this season for them. Um, it would just be so Dolphins for them to have a great Monday night game showing against the Patriots, one of the best teams in the NFL. Kind of blow them out, really put them on their ass a little bit. The game was probably a little bit closer than it should have been. They only lost, They only won by seven in the end, and the Patriots were never really in that game. 
Um, and it would just be so Dolphins to just come back against a, a weaker Bills opponent and just blow this one. Um, so Jay Cutler, so like vintage Dolphins this season. And <laughs> I just, I think the three and a half point spread makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I think they, the Bills, they're not a great team. I mean, by any means. You, you could have caught three earlier this week. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm taking the Bills here, um, but I'm not super confident with the three and a half. Um, but I do like them against um, the Miami Dolphins. All right, let's go on to the next one. The Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens are favored by seven points in Cleveland. Um, the Browns coming off somewhat of a inspiring performance last week against the Packers. They lost in overtime um, in a decently exciting game. Um, and the Ravens are... Um, currently sitting in a, a playoff spot, I believe, um, in a wild card spot. Um, they lost to the, the a close one against the Ra- um, the Steelers last week on Sunday night. Um, but they're conceding seven points to the Browns here. Who are you taking? I like Cleveland in this game. As scary as it is to say, because <laughs> Cleveland is notorious for bad beats. Um, I think over the last month, I've taken them a few times and. Every single time, it seems like they're in a position to cover and then late just blow it in such Cleveland fashion. Um, but the reason why I'm taking them now is that the offense looks much more dynamic with Coleman and Josh Gordon back. They finally have some legit wide receivers. These guys are both number ones. So Kaiser has some guys to throw to. You know, Kaiser makes some very poor decisions. Earlier this season, he was on pace to have a historic as one of the worst years ever for a quarterback. Um, but, you know, he learns every week. He's still young, but, but now with dynamic guys to throw to, that helps there. Um, and actually, Cleveland's defense is what has me excited. They have been fantastic at home this season. Their metrics now have them rated 10th in the NFL, tied wow. with uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh, which I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with Cleveland being a turnover-prone team, Baltimore is actually one of the best turnover teams in plus minus. So it it on paper I think leans Baltimore or at least you'd think Baltimore is in a really good situation with this. Um, but Baltimore's defense I think is another team that has benefited from a great schedule. They've probably faced around five backup quarterbacks this year. They got Houston with Savage instead of Watson. They yeah. got Oakland. They had the game with Oakland oh, without Carr. Yeah. Um, where they miss him there. They got Green Bay without Rodgers. Um, they played Detroit earlier this year and knocked Stafford out of that game. So they've had a lot of bad quarterbacks that they faced. You look at the last two games, they played Detroit with Stafford, and then last week against Pittsburgh in that offense, they both were shootouts. So I think Baltimore's defense might be a little bit overrated here. Um, I like Cleveland's offense to do some damage with them with these wide receivers. I like Cleveland's defensive trends, so I like taking Cleveland at home, catching seven points. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Ravens here to start. Um, and if you were to, uh, granted, if you were to bet the Browns in any week, this would be a decent week to, to bet them. Um, they Like you said, they have the addition of Josh Gordon, um, the license who's looked great the last two games coming back from that like three-year suspension, four-year, three-and-a-half-year suspension. Um, and they got Corey Coleman, who's looked well. Kaiser's learning, like you said. Their defense is playing decent. Um, but I just... I, I refuse to bet the Browns like ever anymore. The Browns are they're against the spread, even against the spread. They lose every game outright, every game. But even against the spread, like they're I I, I haven't looked it up in a couple of weeks, but they are terrible. Like they just they don't win games. It's um, it seems like they they go to lose the game, and then once they're behind, 
they decide like what's the spread let's just <laughs> let's just lose that too <laughs> the Ra- the ravens are i i don't like the ravens either i think that they're kind of a, a confusing team to, to to judge this year um they've had some games that they look terrible but they've also had some games where they they shut the teams out and they score 30 points so i mean this is another this is an interesting game i'm just gonna go with the turnover plus minus like you said i i saw that one earlier and i think that the ravens are um they play clean football at the very least and the, the browns don't um and so I'm taking the Ravens here, even though the seven-point spread makes me uncomfortable because I think the Browns can score points here um, at home. But, um, yeah, I, I just refuse to bet Hugh Jackson and the Cleveland Hugh Jackson and the, uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns. I'm I'm kind of flip-flopping because last week I bet Green Bay, even though everything was saying it was leading up to a Cleveland was a smart money on. I bet Green Bay specifically for that reason because it was Cleveland because they find a way to blow it and Cleveland was in a position to not only cover but to win that game yeah. and they give up the touchdown to go to overtime <laughs> they still cover if they just give up a field goal yeah. to lose in overtime which they were in position to do and said yeah, Devontae Adams breaks off from <laughs> exactly. a short little bubble screen to score the touchdown and they don't cover so in such Cleveland fashion um, but a trend that another trend that I've heard is the later the season goes, when you f- see a team that is winless, if you had without knowing the opponent or the spread or anything, if you'd just taken that winless team, you're winning about sixty percent of the time. Yeah, that's a good that point. They this is a team that, that no one wants to go winless. You don't want to be that team. So these guys are really motivated to get that first victory. I think the motivation with these guys, these wide receivers coming out, they're getting closer every week. I think that'll help, hopefully, yeah. at least cover. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too. Because, I mean, like I said, if, if you're going to bet the Browns, I, I wouldn't blame you here. Um, but I just, I, I, I personally, I, I can't I can't do it. <laughs> um, let's go to the next one. Cincinnati Bengals at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are uh, laying 10.5 points to the Bengals. In Minnesota, um, I'm taking the Vikings here. I... I, the Bengals have looked terrible the last couple of weeks. Um, it, it looks like they, their their physical game against Pittsburgh a couple of weeks back really um, put a dent in, in their their physicality and and their their motivation to kind of keep going from playing hard nosed football. And they, they didn't look good last week. Um, and the Vikings are actually coming off a loss um, to the Panthers, a tough divisional loss and uh, not divisional, but um, a tough loss to the Panthers who are their. their fighting up for playoffs for playoff seating um with and uh i'm taking the vikings here to, to win big against the Bengals because i just think that coming off that loss they're gonna they're, they're gonna be a dangerous team at home um against a Bengals team that's reeling just a little bit and um i think the vikings are a solid team i think keenan i've said this in in different podcasts i think he's probably if not the best third string quarterback of all time <laughs> he's he's gotta be top five top he's, he's up there He's got to be one of the best third-string quarterbacks I've ever seen. He And I heard this comparison um, in the Bill Simmons podcast. He might be a little bit like Rich Gannon in terms of he has that late that late career um, resurgence. He's like, I think he's 34 years old and, uh, or 30. I think he might be 31, 32. Um, and Rich Gannon really didn't get his career going with the Raiders until about 34 years old. Um, and so I, I think the guy is a solid quarterback. Um, he's got two, granted, he's got two of the best wide receivers in the game at Diggs and, and Thielen. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Vikings here because I just I think that they're a, a great team. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs, and their their offense is explosive and capable of putting up big big point totals. I think they're going to take it to Cincinnati here at home. Yeah, I I have a hard time 
betting on Cincinnati at all with how banged up they are. They lost another running back last week. Um, they got worked by the Bears. There's a good point about Keenum. Uh, Jeff Fisher wished, wished he had played like this in L.A. or else he might right. still have a job. Um, I lean Minnesota here. You know, they're coming off of a favorable loss last week against Carolina that uh, or a forgivable loss. Um that you know, Carolina basically won the coin flip late, then, yeah. and it was a really close game. Um, you know, Minnesota has a home field advantage here. They, I feel like the fans are going to be up. It's it, Minnesota is one of those teams that does have, I think, at least a three, maybe three and a half point home field advantage. Um, I only lean this game, even though I I really like Minnesota, is because typically the the sharps in Vegas. Um, so like the professional betters who who go in, they'll maybe only lay double digit favorites two or three times a year. Because if you look at the game, you could be blowing this game out. It can be. A, I mean, you just mentioned Miami last week. They worked the Patriots in that game. They wouldn't have covered the spread of ten and a half here. Mm-hmm. You can give up a garbage time touchdown, and all of a sudden you won by ten. It was an easy victory. You kind of cruise to it, and you're not covering a ten and a half point spread. Um, so I'm taking Minnesota, but I lean them. It wouldn't be a game that I would bet on. Yeah, I agree with you. The the ten and a half spread does have me weary um, in terms of if I were to put actually actual money on it. Definitely. Um, let's go to the next one. The New York Jets at the New Orleans Saints. Um, Saints are laying fifteen and a half points to this to the Jets, the biggest spread of the week. Um, the Jets are coming off a terrible loss last week to Denver, one of the also one of the worst teams in the NFL. <laughs> And I was so livid at that game. I was so disappointed. I, my my fantasy team had. Josh McCown and the Jets defense did it. And McCown went out with that injury. He's on IR now. He's out. And they're playing Bryce Petty in this game, the Jets are. And the Jets defense did terrible for me, too. I was so upset with the Jets. I refused to bet them in this game. I think the Saints are so dangerous after a loss. With Champagne is unbelievable um, after a loss. And, and combined with the home game in the next game, the they're five and one against the spread in their last six home games, in which they were favored by ten and a half or greater, and they're um, and their own five against the spread in their last five road games against a team with a winning record. That's the Jets. So they're just, I just, I, I, I just don't like the Jets here. I, I, I love the New Orleans Saints. I think they're a team that's going to be capable of making a deep playoff run. Um, and so I'm taking them. Who are you taking? Um, so what's the line at this game now? 15 and a half, it looks like. So it started, it opened up at 14 and a half. It's up to 15 and a half, which isn't a big jump. Um, I'm leaning Jets. And if you could get up to 17 on game day, which some books you can get to, I really would like the Jets in this game. The difference between 14 and a half and 15 and a half isn't big. 17 would be a big number to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I This is the first time in Saints history that they've ever been favored by more than two touchdowns. Um, so historically, taking a team that's favored by more than two touchdowns, um, or taking the uh, the dog in this case, has been good. This looks like a good game that New Orleans could overlook too. You know they got Atlanta next week, which is going to be a big game. I could see them putting this game away early and then maybe playing conservatively and not covering the huge spread. Um, like I mentioned in the last game, they can be up twenty. Playing, just running clock yeah. and give up a late touchdown and then they don't cover 15 and a half. I do like the fact though that Kamara's coming back um, from that concussion. He has the long he had a long layoff. They played on Thursday last week. So um, if assuming he's 
fresh and ready to go. He only played like less than like ten snaps. And he's he's potentially one of the most dynamic players in the league when yeah. he plays. What he can do out of the the passing game in the backfield for New Orleans is amazing. If he's a hundred percent, that's something that would and, that, and that's another reason why I would only lean. Jets, um, but I could also see them playing it conservatively with him again. With this yeah, should this be an easy game. Um, you know, Petty, the the Jets quarterback, might be one of the worst backups in the NFL. Yeah. And Hackenberg behind him, the third string, is even worse. That guy <laughs> probably shouldn't even be a professional QB yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and you could see him conceivably getting some playing time. So you also wonder kind of about the Jets' motivation right now that they're done. They, I mean, they were playing some really competitive football. As soon as McCown went out, it looked like all of a sudden they remembered, oh, we're supposed to be tanking this year. Um, I mean, if this game, if McCown doesn't get hurt, if you take out week 14, this game probably opens up at a much closer spread, maybe less than a touchdown with how well the Jets have been playing. Um, I I don't like laying more than 15 and a half points yeah. as good as New Orleans is at home. So I would lean Jets in this yeah. game. I mean, I, I don't disagree with your logic. I think the spread is daunting. Um, Hackenberg hack is, that's a good point. He's just such a bad backup quarterback. The Ped State grad, Ped State does not have good quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> that's just a thing. Um, but I just, the Jets seemed like a team last week that, they realized they were winning too many games this season, and they're just like, we gotta start losing games. That's what it seemed like, and it they just they, they lo- it looked like they were just throwing that game against Denver last week, and um, I I refuse to bet to bet them anymore. <laughs> but let's go to the next one: the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Eagles are leading seven and a half to the Giants um, in New York. Who are you taking here? Um, I am leaning Philly. Um. Philly's coming off a, a huge game against the Rams, so I was interested to see the seven and a half points, even with Foles at QB. Yeah, um, and I think the reason why you, Philly's coming off the big win over LA, um, Giants got smashed in Dallas. So instead of it being a little bit closer, with it being in New York, that you're catching over a touchdown. But honestly, Foles is probably an above-average backup yeah. in the NFL. He's been in that system for I don't know how many years, but a while. And He's another, we mentioned Jeff Fisher earlier. Jeff Fisher has been the place for quarterbacks to die. There's been, hasn't, no quarterbacks that really play well underneath him lately. Foles was one of those guys. He struggled under Chip Kelly's. But in the right situation, he's looked very good before. Um, this is a team that is still trying to make a Super Bowl run. I think that the defense is going to be very motivated with Wentz out. They're going to rally around him. Um, if they're really trying to get Foles going and getting him in a, in a position that he can lead them to a playoff run, I can see them airing it out a little bit rather than playing as conservatively. Letting him go after a team that's kind of reeling right now in New York, I I would think that the Giants would have been ultra mode. I mean, last week against Dallas had to be the game of the year for them. Yeah. You'd just gotten Eli back. If you're going to rally against anything, it's against the Cowboys with Eli. A new coach. That it all kind of set up for that, and they looked horrible. They got worked. Yeah. So I could see Philly taking care of this game pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I if I was a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I wouldn't worry too much with Wentz going down. Obviously, he's a he's one the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and it's big loss when a guy like that goes down. But Nick Foles 
I mean, wasn't it just a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, that the Eagles went with him as their full-time quarterback? I mean, the guy's a competent backup quarterback. He's been in that system for a while now. And, I mean, the Giants lost by 20 points to the, to the Cowboys last week at home. This game's at home once again for them. And I think that the Eagles are going to take it to them even harder than, than the Cowboys did. I mean, maybe they don't win, win by 20, but I think the 7.5 is, is very reachable, even with Nick Foles behind center. Um, the Eagles still have a great system. They still have great offensive weapons. Um, they know how to run the football. They know how to throw the football. They know how to play great defense. The Giants can't do any of those things. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I think the Eagles are, are a good bet here. Um, I'm taking them as well. All right. Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are f- uh, favored by four and a half at home against the Cardinals. Uh, but who are you taking here, Zach? So I'm on Arizona for this game. Um, you said the line went four and a half. Four and a half now. What's it? What's it moved from? Uh, it's gone up a half point to Washington. It was catching four a little bit earlier. Um, Washington looks really banged up right now. The last few weeks, they have looked very bad. Um, and Arizona has a really good defense. They, their offense has been beat up too after they lost Carson Palmer. Uh, Adrian Peterson just got put on the IR to end his season. David Johnson still hasn't worked his way back. But Gabbert has been playing like an above average back. I mean, that third, another third string quarterback, like you mentioned earlier, that has been playing decent football. Um, and with how good their defense is and how banged up Washington is, I like catching four points on the road with Washington with not much to play for. You were talking about kind of some weak home field advantages now. I think this plays into that situation yeah. where I wouldn't necessarily give them a full three points for being at home. I mean, you still, I still would give some points just for the travel, moving from the West Coast over to the East Coast. But catching four and a half, I think it, this game could get decided by a field goal or less, or maybe Arizona runs away with it. But I don't see Washington blowing – Arizona out with the way that they've been playing lately, so I like Arizona. Yeah, um, I'm taking the Redskins here. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think the Cardinals are respectable. At, at, I mean, somewhat. They uh, they just put Adrian Peterson on IR this week. Um, it's kind of the news around Phoenix um, in terms of football news. Um, but uh, the Redskins are. I saw this stat. They're 11 and five against the spread in their last 16 home games, in which they uh, had a straight up a straight up loss in the in the preceding week. So when they lose and then they come back and, and they're, they're at home, they they play well against the spread at the very least. And um, I think that they're a decent bet here against the Cardinals. Just I, I don't like the fact that they have a weak quarterback. Gabbert, like you said, he's been doing okay, but he's very consistent still. Um, and he's going cross-country, like you, you touched that upon that, um, from Arizona all the way to Washington. Um, I don't like the fact that they're traveling so far. I do like the fact that Washington has Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is going to finish the season strong to try to boost up that um, that value he's he's trying to redeem. Um, he got franchise tag this year um, for for the Skins, and um, I think that he's trying to look for a payday at the end of the season, and um, he's going to need to finish the season strong um, for the Washington. So I think that the four and a half points it is a little bit worrisome. I don't think the Redskins are a great team. Um, and they're kind of in the same tier as the Cardinals, I think. Um, but I just, I, 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 for those reasons I've stated, I think that the Redskins um, are the better team here. That's an interesting stat about playing 
a team coming off of a bad loss. The team's extra motivated. But I wonder how many of those games were played late in the season after the team basically had nothing left to play for, Yeah, which is the case this week. So I, I still like Arizona, but those are some decent points. I, Kirk Cousins is by far the better quarterback, and typically I would like to lean with whoever the better quarterback is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go to the Green Bay Packers at the Carolina Panthers. Packers are getting their boy Aaron Rodgers back. Uh, the bad man that Stephen A. likes to, on ESPN likes to call. Um, he loves he he loves the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But the the Panthers are laying two and a half points. The Packers at home in Carolina. Um, but who are you taking here, Zach? So this one was one where I looked at it. It was a public pounder. The public is all over Carolina in this game and the home team with the better record. The sharp money from the pro betters are on Green Bay, and that's where I am on this game. With Rodgers coming back, that's probably worth at least a touchdown off of his backup, Hunley, who had been playing better. He did what a prototypical backup would do. He struggled his first couple games, and then the last few weeks has led them in a chance to actually make a push to make the playoffs if they can win out. Um this is a must-win game for Green Bay. Yeah. They're getting their leader back. I think the energy is up. I mean, you're in a position where a few weeks ago they thought their season was over. Now you get Rodgers back with a chance to win on the road. Um, you know, Carolina probably has maybe a two, two-and-a-half-point home field advantage, so it's essentially a pick game. I think the Rodgers factor plays into it. I lean Green Bay. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers here as well. Um, I love... Aaron Rodgers and I, I, I'm, I'm a, I would go to, I would go to battle with that man every, every, every year. That guy is a gamer. I love the fact that he keeps coming back off the IR and he, they, he didn't even look like he needed to be on the IR in the first place. And it seemed like the Packers made a little bit of a mistake by actually making that move. Um, but I'm taking the Packers here I, I, against a, a, a scary Carolina def- um, team. Um, the, the Panthers are a decent team. Uh, they're going to be in the playoffs, probably. And uh, Cam Newton has been looking like he's been hitting his stride a little bit of late. Um, but I like the Packers here. Um, the, the Panthers are one of those teams, they average they average this year 5.1 yards per play, um, which is right around league average, just below league average. Um, looks like they're ranked 19th. And um, I think that the Packers' secondary is very solid. Um and I think that Cam Newton's going to have a hard time getting the ball into Devin Funches. Um, and I think that Greg Olson is going to need to step up for them. He's He's been hurt the last couple of weeks, and he's been playing with that foot injury. Um, he came off the IR stint from earlier this season. Um, and if the Panthers are going to have a passing attack, Greg Olson needs to be a factor. Um, but I like the Packers here um, with the with the morale booster of Rodgers coming back off the IR. Um, and then this is going to be one of the best marquee games of the week, definitely. Um, and like you said, this is a must-win game for the Packers. They have the Vikings next week and then the Lions the next after that. And that Vikings game next week is going to be just as tough or tougher um, of a game than this one. Um, they're going to need to win at least one of those. Um, and I think that this is going to be the one that they really um, they really dog here for that for that, that win, that, that marquee win. Well, I also think about it, too, if Rodgers hadn't gotten hurt if Rodgers came into this game and they knew that he was a hundred percent I wonder what the line would be I wonder if you would still have Carolina even as a yeah. favorite at all 
Um, Rodgers is a guy that much that can move the line. He's one of those guys yeah. like Tom Brady that, you know, when he's playing, he's typically always the favorite. I heard reports similar to what you said about him on the IR. He might have been ready to come back a couple weeks ago, so he might be healthier than maybe you'd anticipate. Um, you know, this is the same offense. I wouldn't expect him to really lose a step, if any. I, I could see him coming out slinging right away. So that this, this I think, sets up for a vintage Aaron Rodgers game, return the prodigal son where he just, <laughs> you know, goes off and leads Green Bay to another playoffs. Yeah, I agree. All right, the next one, Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Jacksonville, the Jags are favored by 11 points. I'm taking the Jaguars here. Um, I just think they're a very good team, and I under, I've under i underrated them all season long, I think, a little bit, and I'm really starting to believe in what they can do, and I think they're going to be a scary team in the playoffs just because I really I like every facet of their team besides the quarterback. I don't like Blake Borders at all, and that's the only reason why I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. I don't think they're for real in terms of a Super Bowl bet. And I think that's just kind of how everybody feels in terms of the gambling world. They're not, I don't think their Super Bowl odds are great still. Um, but they're a scary team. And I think they, they, they're coming off a big win last week. And they are, they're very competitive this season. It, it's taken me a while to kind of realize um, that how good they are. Um, they're great in all facets, really. And, they, and Bortles, he doesn't throw the deep ball that great, which kind of has led to... They're um they're also around that five point that low five points um in yards per play they're at five point four, um and that's right dead center in the middle um and they're playing a, a weak weak Texans team at this point they've been decimated by every every position is is has been injured basically, um and I I really don't like Savage behind center um I don't think they're gonna be able to score points against. A very difficult Jacksonville defense, um, so I'm taking the Jags. So Savage, I think, is supposed to be out for this game. Oh, really? And that case, I actually like Houston here. I think Yates is an upgrade over Savage. Oh yeah, I, I did. Remember, I did read about Yates playing. Today. Yates, you know, he has playoff experience. He's led them there. Um, I mean, this isn't a playoff team this year, but Yates is his average quarterback rating over his career is higher than Savage's best game this year. <laughs> uh, so I think this is an upgrade. Jacksonville's secondary has been deadly all year, but on the other side of the ball, Hopkins has arguably been the best wide receiver in the NFL this year yeah. for Houston. I, I like him to still be dynamic regardless of who's lined up against him. Um, so I think this change is probably a good thing for this offense. And Jacksonville, like you said, they do not throw the ball down the field well. They run the ball really well. They have a more conservative offense. I think that eats clock. I think that makes this game a lot more conservative, at least ran for them. Jacksonville is a better team. But a little bit of improved offense from Houston, a conservative offense from Jacksonville. I don't like laying double digits for, for Jacksonville, so I like Houston in this game. Yeah, Jacksonville is one of those teams that when you're down by 10, it's impossible to come back, but when they're down by 10, it's very difficult for them to come back. And mm-hmm. so the the leads don't shift too much, I think, for Jacksonville. And so I think at the, the beginning, the early quarters are really key for them. Um, but with they, with Yates behind center, like you said, I, I forgot about that, but I remember reading it earlier this week. Um, I think that you're right. I think it's a little bit of an upgrade. And so although I'm wary of taking the Jaguars here with such a big spread, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it as well. All right, let's go on the 4 p.m. Eastern games. Um, 
This is a great matchup. Uh, a little bit of a re revenge game for the Rams here. The LA Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Rams lost 16-10 to earlier this season against the Seahawks. Um, they're in Seattle this week. The, C the Seahawks are only um, favored by 2.5 points at home, which is which really means that the Rams are kind of the better team here in Vegas' eyes. Um, but who are you taking here, Zach? So one of the factors I took into this game was a few weeks ago, Seattle was hosting Atlanta at home, and the money poured in the Falcons. The Falcons caught one point in that game, and the Falcons won in a close game, and they covered. Well, the Rams have been better than Atlanta all season, and they're catching two points. Um, I like the Rams, I think they have the better offense, they have the better defense, they have the better special teams. They're better in all three facets of the game. Bobby Wagner may be out for Seattle. Um, last week in the second half without Wagner, they did not look good. The Legion of Boom has been banged up all year. I don't know if this is the same defense that we've historically been accustomed yeah, to seeing from Seattle. I don't know that you could call your, your, your core defense the Legion of Boom without falling dramatically like they have. <laughs> it's 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 the legion of of swoon now it's not quite the same thing and home field advantage is something that we talked about a few times seattle historically has had one of the best home field advantages in the nfl um but the rams are familiar with that environment they play in them every year they play seattle tough all the time even when they've been a really bad team the last few seasons they've still has had close games with yeah. seattle i think this is a much better rams team than we've seen in recent years um, so I, it, with it basically being a pick em game, essentially, I, I think the public and the Sharps have about two times more money on Seattle from what I saw. So they're both on that, but I'm leaning Rams with the better team catching points. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm taking the Rams here. Um, like I said, they lost 16 to 10 earlier this season, um, to the Seahawks. Um, but they turned that, the ball over five times in that game and they're a better team than that at this point in the season. They're very good, and the Seahawks have been on the decline a little bit, and although the typical Pete Carroll Seahawks teams always get better, the story is they get better in December and January, but we're not seeing the big changes that we're accustomed to seeing from Seattle as, they, as the season goes on, and I think that could partially be contributed to the injuries they've, they've suffered and the running game woes that they've had. Um, but I think losing Richard Sherman was a major loss for that defense, and um, I just I think that the Rams are the better team here, and I think that um, I'm I'm happy to take them here with the two and a half point spread. Um, giving them those points, I think, is is really. Um, I mean, I think it's it, it's a good bet to um, to take to take those two and a half there. Um, I like I like the fact that Robert Woods is coming back as well for for uh, for Goff to uh, have another option. Um, to throw the ball down. All right, the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers, probably one of the, probably the marquee matchup um, of the week. One of the probably one of the we're expecting one of the best games of the season here. The AFC uh, matchup here between the top two seeds in the AFC currently. The Patriots are laying three points to the Steelers um, in Pittsburgh. Who are you taking here? Yeah, this has turned into one of the better rivalries. Yeah. in the NFL now that Peyton Manning's out this is, the Steelers have been the Patriots main competitor or their biggest rival this is a game that's going to most likely decide who the top seed in the AFC is going to be um, I'm leaning New England I think there's a lot of value in Pittsburgh in this game but you have the Pats coming off of a loss they're getting Gronk back I don't want to overreact to that 
Um, we mentioned earlier about coming off of a loss. Teams are a little bit extra motivated. The Pats were already going to be motivated up to 11 in this game anyways. This is the game that they were looking for. This is the one that was circled in the schedule. Um, I, so I don't want to make too big of a deal over it, but at the same time, they're, this is the game that they were geared up for. Um, getting Gronk back, Gronk is healthy. He got an extra week of rest, essentially. He's so key to that offense. Um, the Shazier injury, too, might have been a bigger deal than... I mean, they... they it's it's bad. and It's scary that we're not getting a lot of news about it. It's like... It, I think that it's it's so bad that he the NFL or, or, or his camp is kind of covering it up. It's 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 not he I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna walk anytime soon. It sounds like it's definitely career ending and just hoping you know he can recover in some yeah. way. Um, but you know their defense last week without him they really struggled against I think a weak offense from Baltimore. Um, on the flip side, you know Pat's defense got worked by Jay Cutler, but before that game they hadn't allowed more than seventeen points since week five. Um, Another stat, Tom Brady against Mike Tam- Tomlin uh, has 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Tomlin has been <laughs> a coach that I've kind of been critical over. I think he has some questionable clock management late in the game. Um, one reason why I can see some value in Pittsburgh in this game, though, New England's playing their fifth road game in six weeks, which is almost unheard of. Um, they kind of got screwed by that Mexico City game being counted as a home game. Yeah. And that was two weeks in a row that they had to spend on the West Coast. They were coming off of a bye week before heading into um, Denver. So they, they were in that high altitude. They stayed in that high altitude to get ready for the high altitude in Mexico City. And I think Belichick had a press conference afterwards saying that they were exhausted, that that much time at the high altitude and how many road games that they've had they've really gotten pushed um so they i i could see the the fatigue factor playing in it here um it's another interesting fat stat is this is only the fourth time in history that a team this late into the season with a win percentage greater than 80 percent, which the pittsburgh is um is catching points as a home underdog um, I don't think Pittsburgh is historically overrated when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, and I don't think this New England team is a historically great team. So this line shows me a lot of value to Pittsburgh, but bottom line, I think New England is the better team. Um, this is a team that has moved the ball well all season. I'm not going to overreact to one game last week against Miami. All season, Brady has been able to pass the ball downfield. Their defense has been playing better. They don't really make a lot of mistakes on offense. They don't turn the ball over. And they've owned this Pittsburgh team in recent history. So for that reason, I'm leaning New England. Yeah. I'm taking the Patriots here, too. I told you earlier in the podcast that typically playoff games are three-point spreads at the very least. I think that Vegas did that here. I think that the spread's three points because they need a favor, and the Patriots, are the they think, are the better team. They get a lot of respect in Vegas odds. Um, and like you said, it's it's a little bit interesting to see the Steelers, who are a, a very good team at this point in the season, um, be the underdogs at home um, against. I mean, the Patriots are a very good team, and they're on it. Like you said, um, they're coming off the loss. That Gronk's coming back. I think that they're going to win here because this is going to be this is one of the games when when the Patriots have games to focus on. They have a game to target. It seems like they're always gonna bring their best foot. They're gonna put their best foot forward, and it, it seems like maybe last week 
they might have been looking forward to this game a little bit too much. Uh, and I think they're going to take care of business here at this point. Um, after coming off that somewhat of an embarrassing performance against Miami last week, the Steelers have had two very physical matchups in their division against the Bengals and Ravens in the last two weeks. Um, I think that they're coming into um, this game a little bit banged up, and I think the Patriots are going to take advantage of them here at Pittsburgh. But like you said, this is a little bit of a value play for the Steelers, um, but I'm rolling with the Pats here. I can't remember the last time the Patriots have lost two games in a row. Yeah. (laughs) We're Patriots fans, so it's a little bit spoiling to say that, but yeah, I agree with you. All right, Tennessee Titans at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, The Niners are favored by one point. Uh, this is a very interesting spread to me because the Titans are a fringe playoff team at this point. I think they actually have a playoff spot right now still. Um, they lost to the Cardinals last week in an embarrassing loss, really. Um, I'm taking the 49ers here because I I love Jimmy Garoppolo and what he's bringing to that 49ers offense. Um, I think the, he, the 49ers are coming on a little bit late, and they're, you know, I, I don't like anything that the Tennessee Titans do. I don't like I don't like any facets of their game. They're one of the most boring teams in the NFL. Um, and I think that the 49ers are playing decent football late in the season. Um, and I think they really found their quarterback in Jimmy G. And it's it's interesting to me that the Patriots weren't able to get more than just a second-round pick for him. Um, and I think that, uh, I think, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting to see how that whole, that whole trade worked out for um, both teams, but I think the 49ers are really loving it at this point. I'm taking the Niners here. So there was an article that I read earlier this week that was very interesting, and, and it was a little bit of speculation, um, but the it, what it was saying was that Belichick had so much respect for Garoppolo that even though Cleveland, who earlier there was reported that and the trade fell through in such a Cleveland fashion, but they had a second and a third for A.J. McCarron which is more than what the Patriots got for Jimmy G, and you would think that they would at least get that. He had such respect for Jimmy G that he would not trade him to Cleveland, where quarterbacks go to die, (laughs) and really liked Lynch, um, the GM for the 49ers, really liked Shanahan and what uh, he had going on there. So he picked the 49ers to send Jimmy G. He thought it was a good situation, and now maybe have taken less, which is not something you would ever expect to hear from the Patriots well, who are well, I think cold-blooded. That, I agree. I think that, that there's a little bit of that going on. I think that we're seeing the end of the twilight of Belichick's career. I think that Jimmy G was his ex, was his exit excuse. I think that he doesn't have a career beyond Tom Brady at this point. I think he kind of made an exit plan for himself by trading him. Potentially. You know, I think that they were in a situation that they would have loved to keep him, and then they saw what Brady was going to do this year that he's still performing at a high level at this age, and they realized that they couldn't keep him. And so they went and put him, and now San Francisco, this team's rallied around him. He's 2-0 and as a starting quarterback with them. Um, since he's taken over the reins, too, their defenses showed up all of a sudden. This is a team at the beginning of the season, they were losing, but they were losing close games, and they were playing competitive football. And then I think they kind of fell off. They were bad. They were struggling, and, and there was a little bit of lack of motivation. I think the Jimmy G factor is in full effect here. Um, you know, this is going to be his first home game. He was on the road for both of those two yeah. wins. So his first home game, uh, we talked about earlier that travel from Arizona to Washington, the West Coast thing. There's an article that I read at the beginning of the season that West Coast teams typically have the heaviest 
home field advantages. And part of that is the travel, that the time change. It's so much earlier for the East Coast teams. Mm-hmm. They have to travel that, that whole time, a little bit of jet lag. And San Francisco's stadium, I think, is going to be up for the return of Jimmy G, the prodigal son, the best, <laughs> the best looking quarterback in the league, right. too. <laughs> Boston girls are so sad to, to lose them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm all on board the Jimmy G train. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about yards per play. Since Jimmy G has taken over, and it's a small sample size of two starts. Um, but their defense is allowing 4.6 yards per play, and those are on the road against, granted, two weak teams in, in Chicago and, and Houston, but they're playing much better. Jimmy G has his team motivated a lot more than you'd expect for a three-win team at this point in the season, and I agree with you about Tennessee. Tennessee has had one of the most cupcake schedules in the, uh, in the league. Um, in a terrible division, too. It, it's a bad division. Mariota has regressed a lot in, in this year where he was expected to take a step forward. I don't really like Tennessee um, and and only catching one point at home with Jimmy G. I, I like San Francisco. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's go on to the Sunday night game. Dallas Cowboys at the Oakland Raiders. The Cowboys are laying three points to Oakland um, in Oakland. Uh, but who you taking here? I like Dallas in this game. I think that Ho- Oakland's home field advantage is really weak. Yeah, they're at this point they're a lame duck. They're the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, you know they're they're ready to to leave. Um, they're having a somewhat mediocre season, at least falling short of expectations. So I'm not sold. The fans are going to show up the way they they would expect to in a game like this against Dallas. Um, Dallas fans are kind of all over. I think that they're a team that typically plays well on the road because their fans are so well-traveled. Maybe the oppo- the opponents aren't so much up for this. Um, Dallas has their most valuable defender, Sean Lee, back too. Who yeah, he came back. Teams. They're completely different teams on defense with Sean Lee and without him. They were dominant last week against the Giants, who, like we were talking about, that should have been their biggest game of the year, and Dallas made them look horrible. Um you know, before that, too, when their defense was getting worked, it was at Atlanta, against Philly, against San Diego. Those are three really good offenses. I like their defense coming into this. Oakland has had some struggles this year um, to move the ball on offense. Carr has regressed a little bit. There's been some reports, too, that there's been some major problems in their locker room. And it all stemmed from earlier in the season where Carr mentioned that he was upset that his linemen were taking a knee during the game. There might be a little bit... I don't know how much that plays into motivation. Um, but you can also see on the other side for motivation, Dallas is in the position where if hey, they can get one more win, they get Zeke back. Um, so both the public and the Sharps in this game have three times the amount of money on Dallas over Oakland. So I like Dallas in this spot. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys here too. Um, I, 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 if I'm an Oakland Raiders fan, or if I'm a Raiders fan because they're moving to Vegas... I mean, it's actually, it's, it's possible that, I think that that deal, it's possible that it falls through. So imagine Oakland gets stuck with the Raiders back, a team that, like, they didn't want, they didn't, I mean, like, the, the, like they're, they're supposed to go to Vegas and they come back. It's like, I would be so, that would be such a Raiders move. But I would be worried if I'm a Raiders fan that Derek Carr last year was a little bit of an overachiever. Um I know it might be a little bit over overreaction. I think he's a, a decent quarterback, um, but 
I mean, I, I'm looking at guys like Prescott, um, guys who are kind of on, people considered him on that same kind of tier as him, that kind of like they broke out at the same time. I'm, that's why Prescott kind of came to mind at first. Um, but I mean, I, I think, I'm thinking along the lines of maybe he's more like a, on a tier of like a Tyrod Taylor or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, they're, Taylor's a completely different kind of player, but I mean, I think that Carr is, is a little bit limited in what he's been able to do this season with the, with that offense. And he has two of the people mostly agree that Crabtree and, and Cooper, although they're both not healthy um, at the moment, I think Crabtree might be playing this game, but I'm pretty sure Cooper's out. Um, and they, uh, they're they two of the best wide receivers in the league. And he didn't really, he wasn't able to do much with them this season. Um, and I, like you said, there, there's the, the locker room issues, um, the Cowboys have Sean Lee. Um, they have Z coming back next week. They're buying for a playoff spot legit, legitimately. And they, I mean, the Cowboys, they were reeling hard like three, four weeks ago. And they were, I think they, their Super Bowl odds got all the way down like 80 to 1, 100 to 1, something like that. I would have loved to take those odds right now because I think they're probably right on 50, 40 right now if I had to bet. Um, but I think that the fact that Zeke Elliott is coming back after the six-week suspension, the six-week rest of a running back who is of that caliber, I think it's going to be a major resurgence for that team. And if Sean Lee is able to stay healthy for the entire playoffs, I think that the Cowboys are going to be a team to be worried about. Um, and so I'm taking them here at Oakland. I'm taking them to possibly make a little bit of a run this year. You can't tell me, though, that Derek Carr is on Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Derek Carr is still a top twenty quarterback. Yeah, I I don't take take. I, I mean, Taylor's like 25, 20, 20 maybe. 20, I would agree with that. Twenty four, like twenty four, twenty five, somewhere in yeah. that range. I think Carr's like twenty. I can see this it. this year. Although this year there are some really bad quarterbacks, like really bad. But I mean, Derek Carr is. I mean, would you take Derek Carr over over Carson Palmer this year if Palmer was able to stay healthy? Uh, Palmer wasn't able to stay healthy. I, I, you can only go. Oh, I mean, Blake I can go Bortles. Who's having a better year? Who do I want? If I'm running a two-minute drill and I need to move my team down the field, who do I want to have the ball? I'm taking Derek <laughs> Carr over Blake. I think Big Portals is yeah. not a guy I would want in that situation. It, yeah, I don't. I don't like Derek Carr still too though. I mean, I don't like Blake Portals either. But I mean, I'm comparing to these guys. I mean, what about Kirk Cousins? No, no, Kirk Cousins is much better. I mean, he's he's was better last year too though when. Carr did have a much better year. I think Cousins yeah. was a better quarterback. So Cousins has got a bigger body of work. And maybe Marshawn Lynch wasn't the the answer that they were looking for in that backfield, but Carr does have some guys to throw to. So it was disappointing that he didn't take a step forward yeah. instead of regress. But I just think this Oakland team is just – this hasn't been their year. Yeah, there's, they, a lot of, there's a lot going wrong with them. It might not just be Derek, on, on Derek Carr. Um but I mean, he might not be the best quarterback in the Bay Area anymore. We talked about Jimmy G. I, I you know, <laughs> on a neutral field, right now, in a one-game playoff between San Francisco and Oakland, I might take Jimmy G. Yeah. All right, the Monday night game: the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Falcons are favored by six points um, against Tampa Bay. The uh, it's the the Buccaneers are coming off. Um, a loss to the Lions last week, and the Falcons had a great win against the Saints on Thursday night to basically save their season. Um, they're, they're, they're right on the fringe of the playoffs. They really need to win games like this. I'm taking the Falcons here. 
And I think the Buccaneers are probably the most disappointing team in the NFL this season. Just because I think coming into this season, I mean, I said this on like maybe like my week, my, like my first podcast or like my second podcast of doing these picks. I think that the Buccaneers, I thought the Buccaneers were going to be a, a dark horse, maybe a Super Bowl contending team coming into the season. I was expecting big things out of Winston. I was expecting big things out of that team. Um, and I think Dirk Cutter might be one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He's so bad. I think he he is right on the he's on the his hot seat is aflaming right now. It sounds like there's a lot of turmoil between him and and Winston lately too. Yeah. And I mean, typically, if your thought process is Winston's my franchise quarterback, yeah. you're typically going to side with your quarterback. Yeah. I'm taking the Falcons here. I, I think they definitely win this game. Six points isn't too scary for me. Um, I think they're going to win by a touchdown or more, so I'm taking them. So I'm going to draw a parallel to, we just talked about New England and Miami last week. And Atlanta blew out Tampa Bay uh, at home a few weeks ago. New England blew out Miami at home. Now they get Tampa Bay on the road. This is Tampa Bay's biggest game remaining on their schedule. And now that they're eliminated. And it was same with Miami, that the game against New England. Miami's still fighting for a playoff spot, potentially. But the game against New England was the biggest game left on their schedule. So you know that they're going to be up for it. However, New England was laying double digits on the road as a favorite. We're catching less than a touchdown here. New England was in a position to easily overlook that game because they lost that game and it still means absolutely nothing because if they win this week against Pittsburgh they're still in a position to win the AFC outright with the um, tiebreaker so because of that Atlanta's in a must win game you know it they have New Orleans next week which is the bigger game yeah you could see them overlooking it Atlanta can't afford to drop any games they can't afford to drop a game like this the fact that we're laying Less than a touchdown in this one. I I like Atlanta. Um, it's not a game that they can afford to lose. And so if I'm only spotting a touchdown against a team that I think is significantly better, even though I think Tampa Bay will be up for this one, um, you know their coach is on the hot seat. Jameis does have something to prove. They haven't been playing well lately. I think that they're going to play competitively in this game. But this is one that Atlanta can't afford to lose. I I like them in this game, and I like the over on the over under. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I can't. I can't argue with it. There. <laughs> we uh, so we're that's gonna wrap up our picks. We uh, we have four deferring this week, um, and so we'll see how you and I compare. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we actually uh, agreed on more games than Jake and I usually do. So um, we'll see uh, how that turns out, though. But it's gonna be a good game of weeks. So that I'm really targeting that Patriots Steelers game. Um, I, I wish I could watch it. I don't think it's going to be on television out here on the West Coast. Um, probably going to be the Rams-Seahawks, which is still a good game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're we're over the hour mark at this point in the podcast. So, I mean, uh, we actually been, we've been going pretty pretty long on this. Uh, but we had some good stuff to say, I thought. Um, thanks for coming on, though. Yeah, we'll see uh, how we do this week. Yeah. All right, Zach, it was great, great seeing you. Uh, great catching up here on the podcast. And... Uh, Looking forward to a good week of football. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Zach. Go Pats.